Welcome back, listeners, to another exciting episode of Bills and Beers, the Buffalo Bills podcast. Here from the Bills backers of Chicago, Illinois, the semi-annual New England downer today. Buffalo lost this one at home 23-3. I'm Lars. Joining me today, the lovely Miss Cassie Hutton is here. I'm here. That right. And here for his thoughts, although not here for the game, the president of the Bills backers of Chicago, Sujit, also with us. I didn't miss anything. No, not a damn thing. I know, because I was watching on that, the Sunday ticket, and I didn't miss anything. Search for this podcast on Stitcher or iTunes and subscribe. If you haven't already, find us on Facebook or Twitter. Just search for Bills and Beers and use that hashtag BNBSM if you want to be considered social media listener of the week. Gang, let's not waste any more time. It was a pointless and stupid game that had some pointless and stupid things happen along the way. So let's get into it. Let's talk about this loss to the New England Patriots. Stand up now, come on and shout. Yeah, 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 yeah. Three points. Three points is what the Buffalo Bills were able to muster today in a contest against the NFL's best offense. 23 to 3, an otherwise very decent day from the Buffalo Bills defense. Wasted. Wasted. 23 to 3. Tyrod Taylor left the game with a leg injury. Updates haven't come through yet. We're recording immediately following the game. Wasn't all ugly though. Cass, we'll start with you. Dig deep, girl. You're the Bat Blue MVP of today's game. Um. This is a tough one, um, but you know what? I'm actually going to give it to uh, the front seven run defense, um, who I think in the second half, whether they changed the scheme, whether there was adjustments, whether Leslie Frazier made some changes, um, we were kind of getting beat by the run all first half, and then I think second half, the run defense stepped up and, and kind of shut that down. Now, granted, on the reverse side of that, Gronk then blew us apart, um, but it was nice to at least see the run defense step up, step up and do something. Suge, coming to you now. No, you didn't get to really focus on today's game, but you did catch some excerpts. Do you have a Labatt Blue MVP of today's contest? I'm going with Joe Webb, who is the only person to actually throw downfield into the arms of a receiver that uh, was wide open, which I'm sure, as we always do, we will see on the All-22 that there's plenty of opportunities that Tyrod Taylor had to throw a guy open, uh, and he didn't. Um, so I'm giving mine to Joe Webb. He came in, he performed, he did what he was asked to do, and because he gave Rick Dennison some shred of evidence that Rick Dennison actually has a pulse and will change things once in a round. So yes, I'm using my Labatt Blue, <laughs> my Labatt Blue MVP to highlight all the Jenny Cream Ales that are in this game. Oh, okay, good. Well, we have plenty of those and plenty of time to get to all those. I'm giving my Jenny, or excuse me, Labatt Blue MVP to our safeties. Um, again, we, for the most part, held the Patriots in check, about as, as well as anybody can expect to hold the Patriots in check. And, uh, you know, opportunity wasted because we could only score three points. So with that... Can so we give also one to Trey Davius White because he has no ribs anymore? But also because... This guy, you know, Tom Brady's only been picked off, what, three times this year? Four times now, baby. Four times, right? So that's a big deal, regardless of what context it was, because the Patriots have blown pe plenty of people off, and Tom Brady still doesn't throw picks. So that was a really nice job. Go ahead, Cass. A and it was a pick against Gronk. 
I mean, we'll get to that, but... We'll go ahead and get to it. I mean... J- Jenny Creamel bummer. Yeah, yeah. I, I, well, I don't even think I, I can't... I mean, Gronk, that whole play, the referees, I mean, there's so many things that we can talk about there. Jerry Hughes, maybe I should touch on that, and I know that we went back and forth on that, and Lars is shaking his head at me, but here's the thing. Jerry Hughes, you are a leader of the team. The play is over. Flags have been thrown. Everything is done. Like, cool heads are starting to prevail, and what does he do? He doesn't calm down. He just keeps it going. It, the, the way to not have that flag thrown against you and not have a start first and 25 when our player just got killed on the field in a very dirty play is just to shut your mouth. Just shut your mouth and walk away. And But he doesn't do that. So and you, it are you giving me. your Jenny Cremail bummer to Jerry Hughes for... One of many. One of many. Okay. One of many. But that's how I want to start it off. As far as that fracas is concerned, how Jerry Hughes managed himself might be like mm, number nine on the list of top ten things that I wish would have gone differently. I I, I agree with you, but he just shouldn't. Like, when is he going to learn? I I just he was like thirty feet from the ref. Yeah, exactly. All the more reason to shut the fuck up. Like, there's no reason for him to... Like, the only person that he's serving in that moment is Jerry Hughes. But None of make, his you, other teammates are going to get energy You make that argument as if I'm saying he's, he's 30 feet from the ref, so it's okay to run your mouth. What I'm saying, he's 30 feet from the ref, meaning what he did shouldn't have factored in as significantly to the... Out, first and 25, is, as it. that's what I'm saying. I'm not saying he should have done it. I'm not... He shouldn't have done it, of course. That, that goes without saying. Yes. That it had the impact on the following series that it did is preposterous, due to the fact that he was 35 feet from the ref. Right, but then well, just, we have a guy who's now make... in concussion protocol because he got a fucking Hulk Hogan elbow drop to the back of the head after the play was over. Gronk should have been ejected. Period. End of story. I mean, we we saw the fucked up nature that is the NFL. So, Lars, in in making your point, you're you're making the NFL rule book. Um, the the Jenny Cremel, and I'm not saying that you're wrong. I mean, we saw in the following game, right? As we were all finished watching, we're sitting here watching the he, Jets. He didn't game. get it. He didn't get ejected. He he removed himself. But continue. No, but I mean, like that 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 the big thing that the refs got upset about in this Jets game versus Kansas City. You know, there was a holding, a questionable holding call at the end of the game on a two point conversion. It wasn't questionable. Yeah, well, whatever. Um, <laughs> they were upset about it. And uh, then one of the Kansas City players, uh, is it Marcus Peters? Marcus Peters. Threw a flag into the uh, sands. And, you know, these refs act like they're snowflakes. fucking snow. Exactly, snowflakes. Like, oh, big fucking deal. Yes, should he have gotten a penalty? Yes, but should. The entire world have stopped, and 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 it should have been no. That's like when you kick the ball, right? Like at the end, that, that should have been delay game, should have been anything. But like these refs, they're such fucking babies. Like get over it. You're playing a, a game. You're sitting there officiating a game played between grown ass men trying to kill each other. So there's going to be some tempers that run hot, and once in a while, swallow your fucking whistle. Or you know what? How about you don't swallow your whistle when the NFL, who's losing all kinds of fucking ratings because they don't protect their players, they don't protect their players, they worry about all this, but someone fucking elbow drops someone on the sideline that's out of bounds, and that's, oh, that's a, that's a penalty. Oh, but it's also, a, and then uh, meanwhile, fucking, who was the dick that fucking? Amendola. Amendola buries his helmet into one of our players. No, no, no. Oh, yeah, yeah, that's a penalty. But it's completely offset by the fact that one of our players reacted to these fucking, like, 
I mean, this is assault. It's not even. It's not even part well, of the I game. To, I, it's I, a straightforward I, I, assault. I touched on the it has nothing to do with the fucking game. When we were sitting here, yeah, and, no. you know, so that's it's the same thing with Richard Sherman last year. Okay, this now we're hold on. Fucking no, bullshit. Amendola, back to Amendola. Amendola went after our guy. Amendola at that point in time was a defender. Why was he proactively seeking out? To make contact with somebody on the it has nothing to do with the game. He's trying to hurt somebody. He's yeah. trying to be which, a dick. Which, but which that, that's not part, and that doesn't. But teams justify do that. A, teams do that after like a, a turnover. If you if you are a yeah, they want wretched brute. Hold on, let me finish. Fucking Jerry let Hughes me finish. Get some let me finish. When a defensive tackle lights up a quarterback to throw a block, that's one thing. When a wide receiver just throws a cheap shot against a safety. That, that is totally outside of the realm of the game. There's there, no reason for him to do that. 30 yards away from the play and our play players was over. on the ground. Trey, Trey White's interception, he went directly to the ground and out of bounds. So, so, so it, did, the, did the refs not blow the whistle? Like, I also put that on the refs. Like, blow the freaking whistle. They did. But so, th- is, Suj, is your Jenny Cremel the refs? There's so many things wrong. Yeah, I'm going to give it to the refs, too. I'm going to give it to the refs. I'm going to give it to fucking Tyrod and not being able to fucking throw the ball downfield. Um, I'm going to give it to, you know, oh, you know who I'm not going to give it to is Shady. Shady heard what I said last week. So my Jenny Cremail is definitely going to Tyrod. But we, I, I bury the refs. Who cares about the refs? The refs didn't impact this game. It, that was a ridiculous and indefensible series of calls and incidents there that happened in one play, but honestly, the refs really had no impact on this game. There was a questionable challenge in the first half, but it, it didn't matter for shit. What did matter for shit was that our starting quarterback couldn't throw more than 60 yards today. That we only scored three points at home against the best offense in the NFL, knowing that we have to put up points on the board. What mattered today is on the opening drive after having the ball for seven minutes and going down to first and goal at the five-yard line, and Tyrod Taylor just lofts it into the defender's arms. That's what mattered today. Tyrod Taylor was the Jenny Cremel bummer of today's game because Tyrod Taylor sucks. He left the game because he's injured. I hope he never comes back and ever, ever takes a snap as a Buffalo Bills quarterback again. I, I mean, I would actually give him the MVP for going out of the game. So thank you. Like, like good. He, he's so gone. I, I'm with you. I'm the level of frustration of watching him as a quarterback. Like, you can't put up more than three points. We're playing. And the thing is, is our defense held them to nine points in the first half. Nine points in the first half. Out of half. the end zone. No touchdowns. And you can't, you can't do anything. Nothing. And I, and I know people like to say, oh, the defense this, the defense that. You know what? When are we ever going to have a team where the offense just shoots it out? Yes. I want to shoot it out. I want to have, fine, have a mediocre defense. That's fine. Have a defense that might not be able to get a stop. But let's have an offense that shoots it out. Because you know what that does? It also puts a detriment. Like, it grinds on on the game in a different yep. way. Yep. Like, what? when are we ever going to do that? We have not done that for 25 years. Seems and it like is it. so frustrating. So, I got really mad today when one of the announcers said that Jordan Matthews is having a down year. How dare you? Like, how dare you critique any of the wide receivers that have Tyrod Taylor as their quarterback. No, no, no. I think that's bullshit. The wide receivers, when Nathan Peterman's in the game and they're all fucking dropping the ball well, when it's hitting their hands, our wide receivers suck too. Nah, you know, all, uh, okay. there's nothing. You know, 
It's not like our all 22s are showing that these wide receivers are fucking they, brilliant. It is, though. No, it's not. They're showing it's that not. they're open. They're show, no, it's showing that they're briefly open for a period of time. That's all it's you're not, open in the NFL. Yeah, I know, but there's other wide receivers in the game. If you watch another all 22 besides the fucking Bills, you see actually receivers making breaks. If you watch Sammy Watkins make a break back when he played for the Bills, he would actually create quick separation. Our wide receivers muddle around. There's often a, a, some sort of a safety help. Yes, could somebody be better as a quarterback with our wide receivers? Absolutely. But what what faith does it put in your wide receivers when somebody actually does what you want them to do and throws them open and then they fucking drop the ball like Nate Peterman did? But you're talking. I mean, you're talking about when the game was put away. No, the game. There was ten minutes left in the fourth quarter. That game's not put away. Okay. Oh, Andre Holmes had a drop. Not yeah, when Andre Holmes dropped yeah. the fucking ball that hit his hands. Well, Andre Holmes sucks. But Newsflash. That, that's what I'm saying. Our wide receivers suck, too. I'm not defending uh, Tyrod Taylor in the least, but our wide receivers suck, too. I don't know if they do. Including Jordan Matthews. Yes, because in the last fucking uh, drive of the game, Jordan Matthews cutting to the sideline has another ball hit his hands and fall out. It doesn't matter. You're an NFL fucking wide receiver. You want another stat of a drop pass? No. You want to make a contract next year, so you catch that fucking ball. And one thing I want to say, you go to the reverse side of the field, you go to the Patriots, right? Tom Brady misses an open wide receiver in the first half. Yeah. And Josh McDaniels is literally like, you fucking missed an open, like, gets in your face. And you know what? People that, like, expect the best from each other get in each other's face when you're not performing. But what do we do? I feel like we coddle Tyrod or we coddle these wide receivers. I don't, I don't know if that's true. I, yeah, but we're not. they're not getting in their faces. I don't know if that's true. I don't know. Just because the camera cut, cut McDaniels and Brady in a little tiff and they didn't catch our guys doesn't mean that our guys aren't doing it. Uh, yes, it does. Because how many games have we played this season and we haven't seen a single thing of emotion on the sidelines? Well, if we, don't, it was we don't have a player like Tom Brady who has a camera follow him to the sidelines after every play. Yeah, but if there was something happening on the on the sidelines, it would be, it would be reported by either Twitter. It'd be something somewhere. Someone would be like, "Hey, wow, it looks like they're holding each other." But it's just like, "Oh, it's mediocrity." It's like, "Oh, I'm okay with mediocrity." Whereas Tom Brady misses one wide open wide receiver, and they're they're at each other's throats because you know what? They don't expect mediocrity. They expect the best. Well. Uh, fine, Cassie, but I'm, I'm going to say what I've been saying. Whenever somebody makes this comparison, correct. We don't have Tom Brady on our team, and Bill Belichick's not our coach. We have been conditioned over the last 20 years to expect that this, like, this is normal. It's not normal. And I had a conversation with my neighbor, who's a, a Vikings fan, and he said, yeah, I know what it's like having the Patriots in our division because we had to play against the Packers. And I finally said to him, I said, you know what, man? Fans, I hear that a lot. There's a lot of NSC North fans that live in Chicago, and I hear that a lot. Normally, I just smile and nod my head and am polite. But no, I'm going to stop you right there. It's not the same. It is not the same. Having Bill Belichick and Tom Brady in your division is not the same. And when people say, oh, well, you know, they, they've had a zero division competition. Well, that doesn't account for the fact that they've been in the AFC Championship nine of the last ten years. That they've been to five of the last seven Super Bowls. It is not and the same. Them. It is not the same. So I don't. Whatever the Patriots are doing, I don't expect that from our team. I, I expect their team to be like but, better but, than average. I don't expect the, the, our guys to have the same level of expectations or standards that are for Tom Brady or anybody else in the Patriots organization. And Bills fans in general need to get that out of their vocabulary. Okay, but Lars, we're not talking about doing something exceptional. We're talking about holding players accountable. We're talking about when somebody and I don't know that that's well. not happening. Just Lars, because we, we watch the same fucking games that you do. 
we watch the fucking sidelines. We have Sal Majorano. We have fucking Sal Carpaccio. All these fucking guys are tweeting their fucking faces up. Do you think if something was happening on the sidelines, we wouldn't uh-huh. hear about it? We have, uh-huh. we have it when anyone... Uh-huh. Uh, Last week on Sal's show, a caller called in and made this exact same point, and Sal said the exact same thing that I said. He said, you know what? I am in the locker room. I am in practice. I am on the sideline, and you don't know that. I do know that. I'm down there. Well, then he's not saying anything about it. We're not seeing anybody getting fucking hot about anything on that fucking sideline. We're As not, if we're lovers' hearing, quarrels are going to change our, our fate. You know what? Passion does. That's be the difference. Passion does make a difference. If you don't fucking believe that, then you don't believe in anything that I don't, fucking I don't believe. Doing. I don't believe that you this know? team is impassionate. No. I, don't, I don't believe that for a second. But, I don't believe that that's the case. But here's the thing. I, I don't know about you guys, but I manage people at work. And you know what? I hold them to a very high level of expectation. And if they do not perform and they do not do what is needed, they know I'm going to say something. And that's, that's just that's the way it goes. You, I hold people to a level of expectation. If you can't do it, that, that Tyrod Taylor was benched while we were in a playoff position. If that if that doesn't signal accountability, I don't know what does. But there's more players that are accountable other than our, our, our QB. Granted, I understand that he's the most important player yeah. on the team. But our wide receivers, if we care about Tyrod Taylor like we seem to, because we keep coming back to him, we haven't benched him for good. We haven't kept Peterman on long term. If we care about him, then we have to fucking get our wide receivers, you know, in fucking line. They have to just make start making some basic things like when the ball hits your fucking hands, catch the ball. Look, we're we're all look. We're talking. Gonna, we're we're, we're top, all talking top about one hundred reasons shit. this this season's we're not going well. About the it's same not shit. because a wide receiver yes, drops. But but talking about fucking Tyrod Taylor is like is that the reason number ninety eight and the reason number ninety nine is because yes, we're not yelling at each other. Yes, but talking about Tyrod Taylor sucking is like putting our fucking head against this brick wall. I mean, there's nothing there's nothing more to say. I, 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 I agree, Suge. I agree because at this point it's preaching to the choir. But if you if you read Bill's Twitter, if you're if you listen to WGR, the fact that it's still a discussion blows my mind. The fact that this that we even have to keep making the points because there are Bills fans out there who don't understand that the one thing that's holding this team back and has been holding this team back for a decade and a half is the quarterback position. So it, I, I know that people probably don't want to hear this, but I'm in the sentiment of Tyrod should not play, even when Peterman threw five interceptions. I don't care. Do not put Tyrod back in the game. That is not acceptable. Just leave Peterman out there. Let him grow. I agree. Him, like, I, like, I, I was sitting there. I, I, I agree. The fact that you like basically rewarded Tyrod Taylor to come back in the game and get his starting position back, and then he still does nothing, he, he has not changed. He has not tried to improve. He has not tried to do anything different. He is exactly the same person that he was now that he was three seasons ago. Let's be done. Let's cut our losses. Go to Peterman. Go to Joe Webb. Go to who? I don't even care. But don't, don't reward someone for just continuing to suck. Well, he's still he's still being evaluated. Uh, it's going to be all the talk for the next three days until we know for sure who the starter is, but Bills fans will be watching that Wednesday press conference like a hawk to find out who's going to be starting, because here we go. we got the last fourth of the season coming up. we got two more home games, two more very winnable games. We could easily get to eight and six against the Colts and Dolphins at home. I, I think that's why we're Nate not, Peterman doing it. That's why we're not going to see Nate Peterman if Tyrod's healthy. Is because against the mediocre competition that we've had this year, Tyrod has been good enough for us to be in a playoff spot. Now, I think today's game just shows us how far away from the promised land we actually are. 
but there's an entire fan base that has their head so far stuck up their own asses that all they want is a playoff berth. Uh. They don't care about whether we're a good team or a bad team. All they want is a playoff berth. And enough of those people buy tickets, enough of those people buy jerseys, and frankly, McDermott probably needs a couple extra seasons to turn this shit around. So they're going to do what they have to do to make the playoffs. And, you know, draft pick be damned. If they have an opportunity for Tyrod Taylor to win. What's that? The draft picks of four gun. We're not we're not getting a top five pick. No, 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 absolutely. And so the the they're not going to let go of the rest of the season while we're still mathematically able to get a playoff spot. As stupid as that, I think that is. I, I don't. I just don't know how. You, I, it's a very complicated issue, and and you know that I empirically agree with you. I think I think the thing that is complicating more than anything else, though, is how you look at a locker room full of sixty men who are putting their lives on the line on a weekly basis and say. We're done here. We have a, th- a fourth of the season left to play. We could still make the playoffs, but we're not going to try. But an offense, a, a quarterback that puts three points up on the board is your best opportunity to I continue the season. I don't think season. that's true. I, 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 I agree. I just some people do. Some people think, oh, Tyrod, 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 but he's not. He put three points. Well, the problem on is the they say that because the guy came in and threw five hits. I mean, like that's yeah. that's why it was so stupefying when it was happening. It was. And, and I made the, and I said, I told you, Cass, I tweeted today, before Peterman even went in. I, I, it, it bugs me. It's, it's, it's totally a semantics thing. But I, I want to correct somebody every time I hear them saying that. When they say, when Sean McDermott made the decision to start Nate Peterman. No, that's not the decision he made. He made the decision to bench Tyrod Taylor. He didn't think that Nate Peterman was going to come in and do better. He knew that he couldn't get done what he needed to get done while Tyrod was the quarterback, so he took a flyer on the fifth-round pick. Yeah, why they, not? Well, why? because they were still in playoff contention. That's what people will tell you. But I, I agree with you, Cass. I agree with you because we were getting wins in spite of Tyrod Taylor, and if we were going to keep this thing going and we needed a win with the quarterback, we needed to figure out if we got something in the rookie. That he threw five interceptions is what makes this thing so stupid because it's so easy to point to and go like, oh, you're going to play that guy? Yes, yes. Yes. Yes, we are because the other guy, somebody tweeted out, like, the Bills have, like, 460 combined passing yards in the last four games. Four games. Like, four games is a trend. Four games is not a fluke. Less than 500 yards passing it's like in the four most games. Thing ever. It's like the most ever. It's yeah, not I because mean, Nate Peterman was good. It's because Tyrod is not good, and he's not going to be here any longer. So it's like, but but how do you look at the guys in the locker room and say like, hey, the rest of this year is a tryout for all of you? You know, here's the thing: is that the Rose guys in that locker room, when they benched Tyrod Taylor, they started to give up on that team. They, they there was not a single word of support for Nate Peterman, right? Every, even Shady after that after the game said, oh yeah, you know, everyone was hoping that he would do good, but yeah, you know, he did really bad. If they really believed in that guy, they would say, "Look, people have up and down seasons. You know, it, you know, it, the next time now he could throw for you know five, five touchdowns or whatever." Like Shady basically said, "Yeah, he could have done that, but he didn't, right?" And 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 there was pretty wide open sentiment that Tyrod's our guy. We like Tyrod, and this team. Did uh, not that's the important. We like Tyrod. It came. To, I think it came down to friendships and alliances. Yeah, more exactly. Than but football. that's all this team has. This team doesn't have talent. They have, they have, they have, they have, they have playing for each other. 
right? That's all that he's fucking preached all years. Play for each other. Even the guy that sucks next to you. This team of misfits, right? That together, this band of misfits is going to come out and well, do that's, something. That's false. And then you tell one of these misfits that they're not good enough. But a fifth-round draft pick is. And then that fifth-round draft pick throws five picks. I mean, how does that make you feel if you're one of those other misfits? I, I just don't see how this team well, can tolerate it. I, well, but to your point, though, like if, if they were true to that philosophy, then they, they would have circled back and supported that misfit. I mean, they would have. Like they, you, You've identified a chink in the armor, a, a flaw in the culture, a, a misstep in the process, whatever you want to call it. But if they were consistent, if it was about playing for each other and having love, they would have had Nathan Peterson, and they didn't. But that's because, again, it has nothing to do with Nate Peterman. It's no, because because no, it's because Tyrod is in the is in the gym at 4 a.m. every day. He leads by example. He's a good guy. He's probably cool. He has good dance moves. You know, like he lets his play. Like he's a good athlete like he checks a lot of the boxes that would earn you a lot of respect in an nfl locker room the problem is he doesn't do shit on the field on sundays well my question is is like i i, I feel like and yeah i'm including dance moves as one it, of those check yeah, boxes right. in in like I, i'm going back to my professional approach like if i'm if i do something at work and it and it, it's not working like oh okay I, I i i have to evaluate where i'm at and then be like okay for this project, I'm going to do something different because that's going to work better because the thing I'm currently doing is not working. Does Tyrod understand that what he's doing as a quarterback is not working? Or is he just so stupid that he thinks, like, like what does he do, like, coming off the field? Like, oh, I had a, I had a decent game. I threw, like, 140 yards, you know. We, we lost by, you know. I, 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 like, I don't I don't know. How? What is in his head? Like, I don't know if it's a stupidity thing or a pride thing, but like he, he certainly doesn't look at his stat line and go like I could do better. No, he looks at his stat line and says, you know what, this will get me a job somewhere, and it, it might not be a starting job. You're right, but it will get me a job somewhere. If I suddenly can no longer throw the ball, I can't throw for more than 200 yards a game. I can't be like a Josh McCown, but I'm also throwing picks. Then he's he's washed up. He's nothing. Right. Right. He is known as a person who's going to be a game manager. That's a place that we have a good running game, and you know, yeah, you're going to throw a couple of interceptions, and there's going to, or so you're going to throw a couple of touchdowns, and you're going to leave a lot on the field, but you're not going to turn the ball over. So as long as you have a until stellar it's defense, first and goal at the five yard line after a seven minute opening drive, and you just loft one into the defender's arms, who was on a practice squad not more than ten days ago. So Suji, you're saying exactly. We have a quarterback that will accept mediocrity from himself. Yes. Yeah, without a doubt. I mean, that's, no and that's what I that. said. That's exactly what I said after the Chargers game, that Peterman's performance enabled Tyrod to come in and do exactly what he'd been doing. Yeah. No, I mean, guys, we're not it's I mean, still none the of us are disagreeing that Tyrod sucks, right? I mean, we, that's, if there's one thing that's about this podcast that's been clear, it's that. But the point is, is that the people in that locker room have bought into the Tyrod story, and they think that if we play great – Around Tyrod, we can win, and you know what? It put them in a position to win, a, uh, to, to be in the playoffs, right? And so, and, and if they win against the Colts and two games against the Dolphins and lose just as badly uh, against uh, New England, they'll still be probably somewhere in that freaking in the hunt. Oh. So, last last word on this, and let's get one of our, our our remote correspondents on the line. If the Bills finish nine and seven and don't make the playoffs. And you want to tweet to us, call to us, email us, send us a Facebook message, making the point that starting Nate Peterman against the Chargers was the difference between getting in the playoffs and, and not. Save your time, save your energy, or else 
please start investing wisely or buying lottery tickets because you, my friend, are a soothsayer. That is not the case, and we're going to hear that a lot in Bills Nation, that, well, if we would just started Tyrod Taylor against the San Diego Chargers, and yes, I know that they LA Chargers, that's not the point, that things would have gone differently. They probably wouldn't have, but nobody knows for sure. And 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 I keep hearing, I, I hear, like, newspaper writers and radio guys make that point. It's like, no, 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 no. Just because people say it doesn't make it so. And if people are connecting those dots saying that starting Nate Peterman over Tyrod Taylor was the difference in going to the playoffs or not, you're a moron. You're an idiot. Complete. Complete moron. Because what happened today? We started Tyrod today. today. What three, do points, do? three points. Three points. Three points. 55 yards passing. A continuation it's of more important than today. Six. Any good team we've played, what has Tyrod done? No. Nothing. This is two games at home against offenses we know we need to put up points against, and Tyrod Taylor has managed a total of six points and less than 100 yards passing in more than six quarters of football. Folks, we'll leave it at that. Let's try to get either Jam and Jeff there or Buffalo Bill Beltran line. God, I hate playing the Patriots. I break Well, it's not a bear market, as we know, because they lost to Jimmy G today. Hiya. Woo! It's certainly not a bull market. It is definitely a Bills market. So tell us what he's going to be buying and selling his Buffalo Bill Belcher up there in Milwaukee, Wisconsin. Bill, ho, ho. What, are you buying and, what are you buying and selling this week? Ho, 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 ho. Is it too early for that? Yes. Nope. Goddamn. You guys watch that game today? <laughs> uh, I only watched part of it. Yeah, so yeah, I don't know if you guys caught because I know you guys uh, don't watch or it's, it's sort of hard to uh, pay attention to the the broadcast. And you know, Lincoln Station is obviously uh, sort of a shit show from that standpoint. Uh, however, the first thing that I am first thing I, that that I'm selling is the uh, the obligatory shot of Niagara Falls and yes. chicken yes. wings. Yes. However. Being replaced by what I'm buying is the, I don't know if you guys caught this, but number one, Beef on Whack, Charlie the Butcher. Yeah, 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 I saw that. Obviously fantastic. Number two, the uh, place of Teddy Roosevelt's inauguration. Is in that what they were showing? <laughs> we had no oh, idea. Yeah. We, we had, we're like, what the fuck is this? It's like a 19th <laughs> yeah. century secretary. What, is, what am I looking 19, at? Lars, 19, Lars, 1903, Teddy Roosevelt was inaugurated at some place in Buffalo. Lars was like, is that Tyrod study? Why was he inaug- <laughs> Wait, why was he inaugurated in Buffalo, not in Washington, D.C.? Um, I'm guessing, it, was it because of the, um, was that when the World's Fair was in Buffalo? So what I'm what I'm guessing here is that what Bill means when he says that uh, Teddy Roosevelt inaugurated in Buffalo, what he means is President McKinley assassinated in Buffalo. Are you sure you got that right? Mm, well, that's what they said. What do you what do you sell? That makes sense. What are you selling? I don't. Yeah, somebody got a Wikipedia. Was, what are you selling? Was Teddy Roosevelt week? was Teddy Roosevelt not president of the United States? He's on Mount Rushmore. What are you selling this week? Ah, uh, okay. <laughs> Also, Lars, you should you also, should be on Mount Rushmore. Also, is he on currency? No, he's not on currency. No. <laughs> well, the other, another thing I'm selling is I, I don't know if you guys already talked about it, but the uh, the old double jump ball to Zay Jones. Oh yeah. Okay. Now, now I will say that I love the throws. They're you know good quality throws. Gilmore obviously played played really well, but the personnel the personnel and going to him. I mean, that's just silly. Is it possible? And I thought about this while the game was still going. 
Now, and I did, I did turn to Cassie and say, like, that is actually the one thing that we know that Stephon Gilmore does do really well is defend that very specific play. <laughs> is it possible? Is it possible that they were just practicing? That they knew, like, this game doesn't matter, so, like, hey, let's just try something that we know, like, oh, stop. we'd like to get. Stop! Okay, listen, I know Tyrod sucks, and I know so Peter no. your boy. So, no? <laughs> you always just say some bullshit. So, no? About, oh, yeah, he wasn't actually trying to throw a touchdown. No, he was just practicing. You're so full of shit, okay? Peterman's trying so to no. throw a fucking touchdown. So, no? No? Good. I, honestly, I, wow. I, I think good execution if Kelvin Benjamin was in there, th- those easily would have been touchdowns. Could have been. So. 100%. So what else? So, what anyway, else yeah, sell, selling that. Uh, the last thing I'm selling is I am sick and tired, and I cannot wait to the day where we don't have to listen to going into a game and having the key to our game being our running back doing well. It's just <laughs> – I'm just I'm just tired of it. The key to victory is insert running back. Because Lord knows day. they can't pass the ball. Exactly. So, oh, so selling that shit. Is is there uh, anything worth buying, Bill? He he bought, he, he bought the uh, the inauguration site of and beef on rye. I'm gonna I'm gonna so, wait, find, so, so, find something else to buy or sell, Bill, because I am going to Wikipedia this right wait, now. Wait, actually, so, I have I have something. So I have something you should be selling. We need to sell Preston Brown and the pure fact of when he was defending a pass play on third down, and he like throws his hands in the air to look like the, the like oh I'm, I'm innocent <laughs> yeah, I'm innocent and then wipes his brow like he got away with something like man up just 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 be a player just be like oh okay I defended a pass cool like the, the first inauguration of Theodore Roosevelt as the 26th president of the United States took place on Saturday to September 14th 1901 at the Ansley Wilcox house at 641 Delaware Avenue in Buffalo New York following the death of William McKinley there you go it's because McKinley was shot in Buffalo. Uh, Love it. Oh, that's yeah. Just like uh, LBJ was inaugurated technically on Air Force One. Okay. Uh, the inauguration marked the commencement of the first term of Theodore Roosevelt. Blah blah blah. Okay. Yep. Got it. Got it. So we were both right, Bill. And you know what's nice? Theodore Roosevelt's known for like um, Yellowstone National Park and being like somebody of like yeah, preservation. Yeah. Yeah. And our our theme is buffalo. You know, we have a, a buffalo which was almost extinct, and then brought back because like of that. Theodore Roosevelt. I'm buying that, Bill. What else you got? So I'm buying one thing, guys, and now we got one. We have one doctor on the line here, but I'm gonna drop knowledge on everybody else. I'm buying a little something called the myelin. For those of you who don't know what myelin is, it is a sheet of fat coating nerve fibers in the brain. The more myelin you have, you follow me? The faster. Yes the electrical signals in the brain. Therefore, the faster the response time and decision-making. This is all now, accurate so far. Here you go. Myelin production, this is scientifically proven, production peaks at 39. Therefore, after 39, you are on the decline because you, are, you have less myelin. Therefore, it is scientifically proven that Tom Brady is on the decline, as proven today, because He's slower in resp- his response time, making decisions. And we only have a couple more years of this, so I'm buying that. I like it. I agree. And um, 
I'm just, I'm just going to go ahead and you say that. You call me the Pollyanna I optimist? Know, Seriously? And you're going to let him get away with that? Okay. You know, it's Bill, okay? Bill fucking <laughs> looked up myelin, looked up nerve conduction speeds, looked up all this shit. He clearly was preparing, and I'm going to reward that today. Just like you're going to reward Peterman for not throwing touchdowns to Zay Jones by saying he was fucking <laughs> practicing. <laughs> Bill, Bill, what, oh, do you, love what, this team. what are you drinking up there in Milwaukee? I got a uh, Toppling Goliath pseudo suit today. Hey, what? Toppling Goliath pseudo suit. Yeah, the oh, pseudo suit oh, is kind of popular, suit. right? Yeah, 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 with the uh, suit from the Field Museum. So, like, what's what's the deal? Do proceeds from that beer go to benefit the Field Museum? Uh, I actually have no idea. Are we talking about the right thing right here, Suge? Yeah, I think I, I thought that that's what the pseudo suit. Like, was. it's got a picture of a T Rex on the on the can, right? Yeah, correct. I yeah, thought it had something. That's to Sue do. from. It's from, like an angry Barney. Yeah, Sue <laughs> is the is the T Rex at the Field Museum. And they have also on the can a Field Museum logo, named for Marshall Fields. Okay, Bill. Uh, well, we. Oh, uh, interesting. Thank you. For I mean, all the historical references yeah, today. This, this is, is amazing. This has been a good. This has been yeah. a good. Bill, uh, let's let's get out of here before you ruin it. Um, uh, we got we got uh, who are we play? Oh yeah, we got the Colts next week. So uh, let's let's hope for a victory then. If we lose next week, uh, here's to the 2017 or excuse me 2018 draft. Yay. Don't ask me any more questions. Until then, oh, go, yeah. Bills. go Bills. Go Bills. All right, go Bills. Well, that sound means it's time for Tacos Calientes. It's Tacos Caliente. Arriba! I love some taquitos. As we all know, Tacos Calientes is Tex-Mix for hot takes. And here with the Tacos Mas Calientes is Jim and Jeff Day down in Austin, Texas. Spokesperson for Pocky Chips, makers of the hottest chips on the planet. Take that one chip challenge. Jim and Jeff Day! Hey, guys. Yeah. Hey, hey, buddy. Hey, guys. Good. Good hearing from you. Good hearing from you, as always. Another Patriots game in the books. Tom Brady Another now has more wins against the Buffalo Bills than any quarterback against any team in NFL history. How you feel? Oh, God. I mean, uh, not surprising, right? Not surprising. Um, I mean, none of I mean, you know, you everyone predicted it on the pod last week. All, all three of you guys, um, all sort of, you know, big, big point losses. Um, n- nothing surprising here that we lost the game. That said, it doesn't make it any less uh, frustrating. Uh, any less sad, um, you know, the lack of progress that we've sort of been able to make against this team for the last 15 years. Um, and so, you know, it is what it is. We weren't expecting, we wanted it to be a close game and it was for a short period of time. And then very, very quickly, the Patriots do did to us what they do to so many teams, which is that, uh, in a matter of consecutive possessions in the, at the first half and then to start the second half, they took a game from six, three to 16 to three. And then as we all knew it was over. Um, you know, Tyrod's not going to lead us back from a 13-point deficit, and it was just a matter of how many points the Patriots were going to extend their lead at that point. So, so look at my my tacos calientes today. Uh, after that preamble, um, is I know you know a lot of times we talk about the X and O's, or we talk about specific players, or we talk about whatever, and it's usually I, you know I try and be somewhat rational. Today's tacos calientes is anything but that. It is just. Uh, a declaration of how much I hate the New England Patriots. Nice. Go on. And just how much I hate playing them, how much I hate seeing Belichick's smug face at the end of the game, how much I hate watching Brady and their OC's name, who I'm drawing a blank on. McDaniels. McDaniels spouted each other on the sidelines. 
how much I hate seeing Stephon Gilmore have a career game against us, how much I hate seeing Eric Lee or whoever the hell this guy's name is come off our practice squad and have a more productive season in, in you know, three quarters than Shaq Lawson's had all year. I just hate it all. Two years. Uh, you know, and of course I hate the Gronk play, the dirty play, the the play that somehow, some way, beyond all recognizable rationality, we end up with a first and 25 out of. Jerry Hughes. And I don't even care. I mean, the, I mean, honestly, you know, Jerry Hughes spotted off to a, a re- official at that point. At that point in the game, good. You know, I, I don't care. I mean, at that point in the game, I mean, we often get mad at Jerry Hughes and rightly so for doing dumb things at points in the game where it is, is a, it is of like a critical, you know, nature. At that point in the game, the game's over. And sure, I'm glad Jerry Hughes said something to the ref. I don't care. But it, somehow it, somebody it, needs to explain to me how two personal fouls on one team is offsetting to one personal foul on the other team. You know, and, and yeah, and, and then, you know what the crazy thing is those yeah, and those those offset, and then the foul by Jerry Hughes though for some reason doesn't get included in that offset, <laughs> right? Because the chains were set. Because the chains were set to make it better. The chains were set. But they had to show the replay. There were, and I'm not kidding. There were 35 people on the field just standing around. No, the chains were set. The chains were set means like we're ready to play football again. Nobody was ready to play football. By the way, when they when they showed the play on the first down, the chains weren't even set on that next first down play. The, the, they had no idea that it was first and 25. No idea. The chains and weren't even close these, to set. I mean, it's for all these reasons. It's it's for all these reasons that I just hate the Patriots. I just hate them beyond all rationality. You know, I had two I, I had two of my good buddies, um, one of which Greg, who I know is going to be listening to this pod uh, next, uh, tomorrow because he he typically does. You know, but I got I got friends from the Patriots texting me earlier this year talking about how how Brady and Gronk look old and beat up. I mean, I don't I mean, the fact that you can even write that, that you can even text that how spoiled you are. Yeah. How spoiled you are to even think that. These are the reasons why I hate this Patriots so, team. I'm just so sick of playing them. The the, the next closest comparison is uh, I have a lot of friends who are Steelers fans having grown up in Western New York or in Western Pennsylvania. Uh, and I got a buddy who complains about Ben Roethlisberger all the time. And I don't let him get more than four words out before I give him a very swift <laughs> fuck off right in his face. <laughs> it's the only appropriate response. Like, I, I started to say to him, like, dude, are you serious? Like, are, are you seriously complaining about this right now? And yes, uh-huh. he is. That, that, and that's the insane part is he actually is. So you know, th- are those people crazy, or are we just crazy? They're crazy. They're both. Like, I mean, both. like the, the fact is that maybe you should be... Now, okay, not with fucking Tom Brady and Grunt. That's a different fucking world. But maybe with Roethlisberger, you know, he's complaining that he wants to retire, and he had some down moments. Maybe it's like, hey, you know, Roethlisberger has lost a step. Maybe we need to be thinking about a quarterback. Like, that's what normal teams that went through a good period and are then trying to rebuild for their next b- good Steelers period. Steelers are about to be 9-2. and two. No, I know, I know, but what I'm saying is that when you start to see that moment, like when Brett Favre just starts to edge down, then you start thinking about, huh, maybe we should draft Aaron Rodgers, right? So that's what good teams do. We have sat in this fucking shithole of mediocrity for 17 fucking years. We're not even bad enough to get a good quarterback. I mean, and <laughs> no, and when we do get when we get fucking J.P. Lossman. <laughs> Jesus fucking Christ. When we wanted Manuel. to get Ben Roethlisberger. That's, that is the, the, yeah. the reason the, the Steelers moved up because they knew we wanted yeah, Ben once, Roethlisberger. Yeah, once a fucking decade, we want we, to get a good we, quarterback. He was there. We had him. T.J. Graham. 
Yeah, we're gonna have Russell. You know, you, Russell you know what it is? It's like the Bills, like Patriots and Steelers are like spoiled little like rich girls that are like, I wanted a brand new car and I have to drive one that's two years old. You know what? I'm driving a fucking junker that's like held together with duct tape, like that, that I can barely put gas in. But the problem is, the problem is, and this this is what kills me is that all of these Pats fans are going to go back to forgetting that the Patriots even exist just like they were in the year 2001. Jeff. I hear you. We yeah, have, and it's, we, um... Jeff, we have a mutual friend in Kevin Hess. I love Kevin. Kevin is a great guy. But Kevin made a huge misstep when he admitted to my face that he never followed the Patriots until 2004. Of course he didn't mm. follow the Patriots until yeah. And I wanted to choke the life out of him. Who the, who the <laughs> hell do you think was in the bar today? I, it's all these little bitch-ass Patriots because, fans that are just like, Because he's a, he's he's a, a good Patriots, Patriots fan. fan there are, I got, there's there's got to be 20 to 25% of their fan base that didn't follow the Patriots before 2010. That, that is what I hate about the Patriots, is that they act that way, and they, they will be like, Last in, first out. That stadium empties out when they're down by more than four points in the fourth quarter, and those fans are going to be rats off a sinking ship the moment Belichick and Brady are gone. Hear me now, believe me later. Jeff, what else you got for Tacos Calientes? We, we, we needed this. We needed a healthy rant against the Patriots and their fans. We needed it, especially on a game in which, you know, not, we're, we are now 6-6, six and six, and with the, with the Chiefs' loss today, we... We we can now say yet again there. for I don't I don't know how many seasons in a row don't do we it. have yet to beat a team with a winning record this year. Oh okay, never mind. <laughs> right? Uh, no, I, no, I believe... no, the Falcons. The Falcons. I'm sorry, you're right. I'm sorry, you're right. We the, the Falcons yeah, have but... had this. You know, you're right. We we, we have not their, beaten a team that piece. was playing well this season. Yeah. That's all. That's yeah. all there is to it. We haven't beaten a team so that's played well in thing... five years. The only other thing I was going to say in terms of the, the game itself, beyond beyond my disdain for all things New England Patriots. Was here's I think one of the the crazier stats about today's game, which is we, we put in we, we got three points total. Okay, we ran the ball for 185 yards. Oh my god! We ran the ball for 185 yards. Tyrod Taylor averaged we averaged seven yards a carry as a team. Uh, excuse me, a shady I thought actually looked real pretty very good running the ball, great. especially in the especially in the first half. He was hitting the holes hard, decisively. He averaged six yards a clip. Cadet had some additional runs. Joe Webb came in there and, you know, attributed, uh, contributed 30 yards in the first half with some very creative play calling in the first half. Not exactly sure where that went in the second half. But we ran the ball for 185 yards today, averaging seven yards a carry and scored three points. I, and how does that happen, you ask? Because then you look at the, you know, through three quarters of football, Tyrod Taylor threw for 65 yards and was sacked three times for an outrageous 25 yards, which means he netted 40 total positive yards when he stepped back to throw the ball. You know, through here, three quarters of play. And, 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 and if if the Patriots lose in the Super Bowl or in the playoffs, this will be their downfall. This was the one thing that they have not been great at all year, and that is their run defense. So you know, been, I mean, and we can obviously point to the fact that you know we were. At the, we were inside the 10 yard line twice, you know, and came away with zero points. One, one of course, being the initial interception by Tyrod, which 
you know, sort of changed the directory of the game. And then later on in the game, when we were in desperation mode and went for it on fourth and goal. So, you know, we, we, there were plenty of opportunities for us to score points, and we took them off the board. But again, it just comes down to we're unable to move the ball through the air. No receiver, no player on the Bills team today had more than 25 yards receiving. Um, and it's just not this is not going to win you games against most teams in the NFL. Nevertheless, the the Patriots and their potent offensive you know ability. I mean, the best look that we had downfield was with our third string quarterback. Yeah. yeah. That that the the Joe Webb pass just off the hands of Cadet. I mean, that was the closest like look we had a, a throw probably over twenty yards. So I just I just want to add, Jeff. I, I actually I looked up. While you were saying this, how many times since 1990 teams have lost after rushing the ball 185 times? There's actually a lot more common than you'd think. <clears throat> but if I sort by number of yards rushing, uh, the Bills have the second most yards rushed for a game since 1990 uh, that went in a loss. And that was for 272 yards last year. Against the Dolphins in that <laughs> overtime loss, can you? We ran for 272 yards and <laughs> there lost. you have it. And lost. And lost. Yeah, and there lost. you have it. So like then when when everybody tells me like oh well Tyrod Taylor should be better because they run the ball better, it's like no, 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 no. Yes, I get that. I get that we had the number one rushing offense and we no longer do. This team was losing games while while stacking rushing yards like crazy before. Why? Because rushing the ball does not mean deadly shit unless you have a dominant defense, which we don't. We haven't since 2014, which is looking more and more like a fluke season. The fact that the Bills fans set their expectations for defense beyond the year 2014 based on what the 2014 defense looks or what did now looks like completely foolhardy. But but Lars, I'm today I think the defense, I mean, through the first half, the defense stepped up and they got zero support from the starting quarterback zero support I mean, the last thing i'll say guys maybe you've talked about this um up front already someone's got to be able to explain to me how um and not that it mattered because the game was over at this point but when you got four passes to the end zone and two of them are fade passes to zay jones i mean i'm not trying to nicky nitpick the play calling at this point it's not even worth doing but, you know, to a receiver which is, who's had trouble catching the ball when it hits his hands, nevertheless going up and, and pointing it against, like, a contested. You know, I mean, if Kelvin Benjamin is, is the receiver on that play, fine. We'll live with that. But um, Just I try know, that, something that, different. It's not worth Just quibbling over at this something. point. Yeah. Question, right, do you think right. they were trying to pick on Stephon Gilmore at that moment? I think they may have, I feel like they were. Oh, really you guys too. jumped down my throat when I said that oh, maybe they're just practicing. Yeah, yeah, like, your your explanation is is way, way more superficial. No, than I mean, mine. it could be that they, they thought that they could exploit. They thought it was a good matchup. But at the same time, try something so. different. The they would have been, well. yeah, exactly. Uh, I mean, try something different. Try hey, running guys, it. Do something. Shit. What we what we can all agree on after this loss is we we just really we just hate the Patriots. We will forever hate the Patriots, and I cannot wait to finally produce a team at some point here, hopefully in the not so distant future, that we feel like can actually beat them, um, 
without just cap, you know, without some like fluke mistake driven game by Brady or, you know, you know, et cetera. I just want to kick them when they're down, like so far down and just like keep kicking them. Like, I, I, like I want to just win like 62 to three yeah, one that, time. That, it's called the nineties. That was the nineties. Jeff, what were you drinking down there in Houston or Houston down there in Austin? Today I actually had just a Lone Star official beer of Texas. Um, so kept it kept it uh, simple here. With I had some Lone Star in the fridge, and that's what I drank. Excellent. Well, we are back at home next week against the Colts. I think it's going to look a little better. Who knows who the starting quarterback is going to be? Stay tuned. Um, no announcements yet. Like we said uh, earlier, people are going to be watching that Wednesday press conference like a hawk. We'll see what happens. All right, go Bills. Go, go Bills, Bills, baby. Well, we're coming up with the end of the episode, which means it's the wild card portion of today's episode. It's the wild card! Wild card! This is is Bills and Beers. We talk about the Buffalo Bills. We do so drinking beer. Today, I was enjoying something new. The $25 million man from Three Floyds. Highly recommend. Looks like Suja's having it, too. So let me pitch something else while I got you here. Stone Brewery out of San Diego, California does an enjoy by series they got one out right now for christmas they've been doing it the last three i've seen was uh july 4th uh, uh halloween and now december 25th if you see it in your local grocer's freezer do yourself a favor if you like ipas it's, it's about as strong and as smooth as an ipa comes and on december 26th the good people from stone or at least their dis- distribution partners will go around to to liquor stores to bars and collect all of the enjoy by that has not yet been consumed because it is meant to be enjoyed by the date on the box. It's a fresh beer. It's a good beer. Highly recommend. Cass, what are you enjoying today? Um, I was having the, um, where is it, the Lake Effect. It's the name of the brewery, but it's called Lake Effect Snow. <laughs> very catchy. Very good. But it was a whip beer, um, and it was very sweet. It was very light. It was excellent. Um I'm not looking forward to any Lake Effect snow this year, but maybe what I'm going to do is when we get some Lake Effect snow, I'm going to drink some Lake Effect snow. I would recommend it. Suge, coming to you. I had Labette Blue. No, I was just kidding. I had that $25 million, man. It was good. It was juicy. It was delicious. Um, I am still trying to get over a cold, so I have not broken into our advent calendar, uh, but I, I, at some point I will. So... As, as um, we mentioned earlier today, there's a lot about the New England Patriots that make Bills fans and, and, and people who are close to this team in general look within and hate about themselves as, as, as compared to the Buffalo Bills. So, Suge, we're going to start with you today. So, I mean, the, the point is, is that the reason why we hate the Patriots is because our team doesn't have that and that our team just sucks. You know, and that all those things that the Patriots can do, it's really you just hate yourself. You hate the Bills because the Bills don't have it. It's like you're the poor family that's working for the rich family. You got to sit there and watch that shit in your division every year. You got to see them with the big turkey when you're eating fucking roadkill. Okay? So it's. it's oh, damn, disparity is that wide, but okay. Uh, really? Do you not think that? Yeah. Have you looked at our record against the Patriots? Well, it's, the it's, fact it's, that we're eating it's, it's, all for but it's more like no, 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 it's like no. We're this, the fucking no this, homeless this is what I'm talking about. No, we might be eating microwaved, like hungry man turkey dinners. 
We're still getting turkey. The Patriots aren't eating turkey. The Patriots are eating some shit from Mars that nobody else has access to. That's the difference. That's the point that I've been trying to make. They're not eating turkey. They're eating something that nobody else has. Okay, but fine. But if we 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 still have hungry, we still have hungry man. But it ain't no roadkill. But if they are eating turkey, then the relative thing that we're eating is feces, okay? <laughs> so I guess what I'm getting at is why I, I do not I'm, I'm, I do not <laughs> subscribe to this analogy. They do not, they they are so much better than turkey. Eat shit and die, okay? <laughs> they are like turkey wrapped in roast beef that's flavored like bacon. So it's, Lars, what would your wild card be then? Please take this analogy to where your no, wild the, card the, would the go. Wild card's so what, fine. Yeah, what is what is what is lacking in your life? What are you ashamed of? What do you hate about yourself or your life that you look around the world and you see that you got to compare it to that? And really, it just makes you transfer and makes you hate those people. And if you can tie it into the Bills and the Patriots, then that's fine. But what are you fucking so jealous of that you hate the person that has it? Why don't you go first, Sujit? I'll go. Okay. So um, I, I like to clean. I'm Polish. I think that might be part of it. I don't know. But I, I like to clean. But um, we have these horrible wood floors, like original from like 1988 when our place was built. And I let them get pretty dusty. I let them get dusty and, I, and then finally I break out that Swiffer and I clean them up like real nice and real shiny. And I'm like, wow, these floors look great. But then I realize I'm just shining a fucking turd. They're horrible wood floors. They just need to be replaced. Cassie really burying her soul here. Yeah. And, and, and that's the build. Like, we, we'll, we'll, we're, we're stuck. We get dusty, we get dirty, and then we, we win. Like, we beat the Kansas City Chiefs. We're just shining a freaking turd. Like, we just need to replace. We need new wood plank, you know, maybe some bamboo tile. Like, give me something that's, like, really sophisticated, snapped in, maybe, like, a really nice dark, you know, so I'm, I'm gonna mahogany this, finish. I'm going to make this more about me and less about the things that I own. Uh what, what, I own some wood floors from like 1988. Cass, Cassie is otherwise completely comfortable with everything else about herself. The uh, I have I have an exceptionally narrow waist, and I'm not narrow anywhere else. This motherfucker. So okay, this re- is some Larsy shit. It's really hard for me to buy like form-fitting clothes because like I've got like a really skinny waist and then like not at all skinny hips or like. Not like not a skinny midsection. Is this happening? So, Wait, like, as a female, I am like, yeah, okay, go ahead, complain about that. Your form fitting clothing I, except, that men have to wear. Except I have like a, buying pants means that like I can't buy because my thighs are too big for like skinny legs. So like I have two options. I either buy pants that are like really tight and uncomfortable and look ridiculous. I because, am actively because, dying because of my, obesity, okay? My, my and you're complaining about your fucking waistline being too small. It's not, it's fucking, too small. That's the pro- thing that you're most it's ashamed of. It's too small of proportion to the rest other of my body. don't have. Really, so you're jealous of my fat ass? Is that what you're trying At to tell me? At least you're fat proportionally. Are you kidding me? That's the point. This is some bullshit. You wear it well. And I got called out for wood floors. And like, literally, oh, I'm sorry. Do guy, <laughs> guys wear like baggy ass clothing? Like a dude can just like walk Do out they? in a fucking it's t-shirt. It's not 1997 anymore, girl. As a female, as a female, like you have to wear everything that's clingy and tight and blah, 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 blah. Like, piss off. Seriously, <laughs> coming to you now. All right. Well, I'm actually going to say something that is negative about myself. Not fucking Lars and his narrow fucking waistline. 
But I was, was everything but my waist. That was the whole point. Oh, is that it Jesus Christ. I have this wonderfully narrow waist that is... It's, it's just like the Buffalo Bills. You want the analogy. I got a great defense. That's my waist. Unfortunately, everything else is not narrow. Doesn't complement it. So the narrow waist goes to waist. Literally. Waist, waist, homonym. Works well. All right. Well, I'm going to take it a little darker. You know, I am not a motivated person. Okay? I am lazy and I am smart as shit. Okay? Bad combination. So I have to sit there and watch all these people, these no talent ass clowns around me that are far, not even close to as smart as me, be more successful in their careers than I am. You know why? You're talking about Bill. Oh, yeah, no. (laughs) Fuck Bill. You're actually talking about me because I'm not smart, but I work hard. Yeah, she's she's way more successful. I am the laziest son of a bitch in the world. And so you sit there and you're like, why did this motherfucker get all these accolades and. And all that, and and how come I did? Oh, that's right, because your ass stayed in bed all day. Okay, when you had that day off, you didn't write that paper. You didn't go and figure out the next smart thing to do. Your ass sat around watching fucking two bills drive all day. Okay, you lazy son of a bitch. And it's just like the bills. It's like, oh, well, you know, maybe if I'm put into the right environment, I'll be successful. Maybe if I had the right mentor. Maybe if I do this and that and that. No. There's something inherently wrong with you, just like there's something inherently wrong with this football team. Maybe we get a new owner. Maybe we get a new quarterback. Maybe we get a new fucking coach. No, none of this shit matters. We've been 7-9 and nine to 9-7 nine and seven for 17 years through 17 different fucking administrations. We changed owners. We practically changed cities, and we didn't. And it doesn't fucking matter. We're the same fucking team. Why? I mean, have we had, has there ever been a time when we had a good offense for more than a year Besides, you know, one year with Chan Gailey. No, because we've been the same team. We've been bad offense and either good or horrible defense. That's all we've been for 17. We've been the same team. How does that happen? We've had offensive coaches. I'll we've had defensive you. coaches. How, you know why? Because there's something fundamentally, like I said before, there's something fundamentally fucked up with the Buffalo Bills, and it has nothing to do with the personnel. It is a curse. It is fucked up, and that is what is happening with me in my career. So, uh, hold and on. Mars is small waist. Cool. At what point? I'm actually w- doing quite well. Actually. At what point but do we have to like? Do we? Get and to- that's why I'm seven and nine. I'm holding it together. So to answer your, to answer your, uh, I, it's it's because I'm smart as shit. Okay, let's be very clear. I is not because of hard work. I got into. But to answer your rhetorical question, hold on, time out. At what point do we get to talk seriously about the fact that there is a burial ground at one bill's drive that there is a portion of the parking lot that is obscured by trees because there's fucking people buried there you want to talk about curses you want to talk about the native american presence that's in western new york we have a stadium that is built on a burial ground when do we get to talk about that as if it's actually a thing people like ha 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 no we literally have a stadium that's built on a burial ground why is not made why is there not more made of this because we haven't actually approached it the correct way why because are we not Tom- exhumed those bodies brought in a healer of every faith from every continent no, no. to cleanse the area nope. and move on no we just let these bodies no. in the ground 200 feet from center field it makes no Come on. Come you know on. what you know what you do? You know what we do? We, we we build a voodoo shrine to it. Because Tom Brady made a deal with the devil. Let's make that same deal. Let's make that same I'm, goddamn I'm almost, deal. If it wasn't Christmas season, I'd be right there with you. Okay, so we got the Colts coming to Buffalo. 
uh, coming to the burial ground next year. This is what it's come week. to, guys. We're talking about making a fucking shrine But this, to but the this devil. is what I'm talking about. You, you bring it up, people going, oh, well, this is what it comes to. It's got an right Yes, we have a stadium built on a burial ground. Why, like, why does why does that point keep getting marginalized? I feel like I'm like the, I feel like I'm the sane person in the horror film that everyone's like, yeah, right. Okay, so the ventriloquist dummy is coming to life at night and eating cats. Right. You so know, no. I mean, yes, yes, that's what's happening. I mean, it's the it's the most obvious answer, right? And maybe because as Bills fans, we don't see the most obvious fucking it's answer so in front of us and say, "Move the fucking stadium, take it off get of the lives of fucking millions of, or ground. however many hundreds of fucking poor Native American souls." There is a, there is a cemetery. Celebrate it. Celebrate it. Yeah, of course, the fucking Trump fan says celebrate it. Kaufman people fucking Pocahontas when they're trying to celebrate the goddamn code talkers. We need. Wait, to I'm th- not a Trump fan. Let's just get over that. All right. I wouldn't say it was a fan. I am just a least... <laughs> just a I am uh, I, I just hate Hillary. Okay, okay, okay. I hate Hillary. That's all it is. Yeah, so do I. That's why I voted for my mom. Anyways, Colts, <laughs> Colts coming to town. Yeah, I'm not kidding. I wrote it in my mother. I was going to write in Gene Wilder, but I thought it would be a little disrespectful to write in a dead man. I voted for the dead Native Americans that are underneath the field. <laughs> yeah, well, something's got to be done. we got to proactively address it one way. Colts coming to town. We should, God, God help us if we lose this game. I don't know who's going to be starting quarterback. No, that's why. Okay, so last thing to talk about. Nate Peterman comes in and wins against the Colts the way, just the way that Tyrod Taylor, or if not better, than the way Tyrod Taylor does. What do we do? You know what? Between now and Sunday, I'm flying to Buffalo. I'm doing a seance with a voodoo thing in the Bills parking lot. We're going to go 4-0 here on out under Nate Peterman. We're going to make the freaking playoffs. You heard it here first. We're gonna just like we're gonna throw like thirty-seven points up on the board against the Colts, and they're gonna score seven. Okay, thirty-seven-seven. I'm saying uh, twenty-nine, twelve. Oh. 24-12. Well, Buffalo. Okay, okay. Yeah, we're going to win with, uh, with Nate Peterman. Yeah, it's, it's going to be 24-12. It's going to be Nate Peterman. And then then, then all the shit. Then we got to talk about all the yeah, shit. It's going to be so much shit. There's going to be so much shit to talk about over the next week because we don't know who the quarterback is. Find us on Twitter. Find us on Facebook. Find us on Stitcher. Find us on iTunes. Just search for Bills and Beer. Subscribe if you haven't already. And I know that it's not right. So if you're going to do something for the Native Americans, it's not voodoo, okay? It's Santeria. As soon as it's some other culture, then you're like, oh, it's voodoo. I'm getting a medicine man. Fine. I'll get a medicine man. Yes. Whatever it takes. Whatever it takes. Do something. Go do something for those Native Americans that are buried under that field. Every fucking Bills fan that lives in Orchard Park or even within a 100-mile radius, go do something. Use that hashtag BNBSM to be considered Social Media Listener of the Week and take a picture of yourself. Uh, doing something at the burial ground, and we'll send you five dollars so you can have a beer on us. If if you are doing something at the fucking burial ground to honor the goddamn people that are buried underneath, I'll send you a case I will of send beer. you twenty dollars <laughs> for sure. There you go. Use the hashtag uh, Dead Will Rise Again, and we will send you twenty dollars. It's got to also include a picture of you trying to exercise the demons at One Bill's Drive. Until next week, go Bills. Go Bills. Go Bills. Go Bills. Go Bills. Go Bills. The Bills make me wanna shout.